Austin, I'd like to welcome you to the Black Sheep Experience podcast. Thank you uh, so much, man, for spending your time here. You know, just uh, hanging out with me on the podcast, I really appreciate it. I am coming to you uh, once again from the underground, which is really just a small space um, in the cellar, right, in the basement. Uh, but it's a really cool space, man. There, uh, There's a lot of stage lights and old concert paraphernalia, spiritual items, and so it's just really a cool kind of, uh, of a little hangout. So anyway, man, I really appreciate you, yeah, just hanging out here with me. Um, if you haven't had an opportunity to hear last week's podcast, I'd really like to encourage you to jump into that. I had a conversation with Susan Edwards. Um, she... Uh, her and I talked about communicating and having a relationship with the angels of God. And it was actually, I think, a really great conversation. I think there's a lot there to explore. Um, I think there's a lot there to investigate and then really search your own spirit, your own conscience uh, to see if that's something really that you're kind of called to. I know for me... Um, I really do feel like I'm surrounded by the angels of God, right? I really do feel like I've had really personal encounters. And I share a couple of those stories on that podcast, so I won't, you know, I won't repeat myself. But yeah, I do think there's something there to explore and investigate and um, possibly to work at just a bit. And so I would like to encourage you to do that. In addition to that... Um, if you don't follow the Black Sheep Experience on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, uh, you should. You should. I'm not. I'm not incredibly engaged on Twitter. I'm not really active there because it's just such a cesspool. So, but uh, pretty active on Instagram and uh, Facebook, and so I would encourage you to do that. Also. Um, a shout out to uh, my buddy Jay, who listens to the podcast and um, had a T-shirt made with the Ram logo, right? The uh, the old Penta Ram logo, <laughs> and uh, it's very cool, man. I, I love the T-shirt, Jay, and uh, wear it proudly. So I'll uh, I'll post that uh, T-shirt that he had made on uh, the Instagram and Facebook account. It's really cool, man, and I was really honored to see that he had done that. So check that out and uh, engage, man. You know, when you uh, hear the podcast, man, or when you see posts that uh, are touching to you or um, alarming or frustrating or whatever, I always enjoy the compliments uh, and the comments and all that kind of stuff, man. Uh, so jump on Facebook, Instagram for sure. Follow the Black Sheep Experience and uh, engage with the podcast there. Um, lots of great stuff coming up, man. Lots of great interviews in the future. Today, however, it's just you and I, and that is plenty. And I want to talk to you a little bit about um, really each of us essentially is telling or creating a story called us, right? Called me. We're also creating a story called God. Now, that's not to say that God is simply a story, and I don't think that. I do, however, think that for all of us, God is nuanced by ideas um, either presented or imposed upon us or something we devised based on a variety of influence, you know, whatever it is, we create a story about God. We create a story, a storyline about um, ourselves, about how the universe works. That story then essentially plays out or becomes the foundation from which we characterize our being. Um, our life, our relationships, and the interaction that we have with God. And so I think that a lot of times this really gets in the way of our true will. It really gets in the way of, you know, who it is that God really designed us to be. Now, when I say that, let me say, I don't 
necessarily believe that God created us with a specific purpose in mind, but I do believe, number one, that God created us, and I do believe, number two, that he created us with a specific inspiration and gifts that we would use to evolve this species, the human species, um, further into him, further into love, further into the divine. And so I think that it's important that we really discover who it is that we are, discover what it is that God kind of created us to inspire the world with, and then begin the activity of producing content a commiserate to that um, creative gift. So that sounds, sounds a little bit convoluted, but hopefully you understand what I mean. But I think what gets in the way of that is the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves, the story that we tell ourselves about God and about the world and about creation. Um, uh, McIntyre, who is a, um, a philosopher, um, he said before we can figure out who we are and what we are to do in this world, we must first answer the question, what story or stories am I a part of? And so what I think he meant by this is before we can really figure out who we are, before we can really figure out what it is that we're supposed to do in the world, we have to first figure out what stories am I telling myself? What stories have I been made a part of? And is that really my story? Um, Does that story really line up or does it harmonize with who it is that I believe myself to be deep within? For most of us, um, the story that we're telling ourselves about us or about God or about the universe or about our life is um, narrated with very strong limitations. And I know that's really been uh, true about my own life. And and fear certainly, I think, probably plays a role in that. You know, fear helps us create stories um, that make us hide from life, that make us hide from our gifts, that make us hide from our talents, from living, from God, from the supernatural, from uh, uh, magic, from intuition, from angels, from so much of the human and supernatural experience. And the, uh, the tough part about this is the story that we are living out or the story that we are telling ourselves about ourselves, about life, about God. That's the foundation of which we live our lives from. It is the place that we interpret uh, the things that we experience. It's the place that we interpret um, the way that we kind of translate life or translate God. And this can really be a sizable problem. And I think that you could probably understand why. Um, because the story that we're a part of, the narrative that is rolling around in our minds, translates all the things that happen to us. So in other words, as an example, if we have a story um, in our own minds that we don't have any talent or we don't have any worth or nobody could ever love us, we're going to begin to live our lives from that story. And in so doing, and see if you can kind of keep up with this, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So in other words, if you really believe that you don't, if the story or narrative in your mind is that you don't have any talent, you will begin to live your life from that story. And that story then will manifest itself physically. So you have this metaphysical story rolling around in your brain that is creating a physical incarnation of um, the mental processes, right? The the narrative that you have rolling around in your own mind. The same thing would be true of God. Let's say that you have a story about God. Maybe he's mean. Maybe he's vindictive. Maybe he's angry. Maybe he's frustrated. Maybe he's judgmental. Or maybe when you make a mistake, he's right there to 
uh, uh, to dole out judgment and anger and wrath, I really believe that you'll literally begin to see that anger and that wrath um, manifest in your life. If nothing else, you'll translate the things that happen to you as the anger, wrath, and, and um, I guess, punishment of God. So it's, I think it's really critical that we spend some time thinking about the story that we're living out. So if we could pause for just a moment, you know, it, it's no secret that all the thoughts we think shape us entirely. And that's why this story, figuring out what this story is, that's why this, you know, it's so important. Because um, I'm thinking it was Siddhartha Gautama, who is known as Buddha, he said, the mind is everything. What you think, you become. And I believe that that's critically true. In fact, um, the Bible talks a lot about the mind. What comes to reference is Romans 8 and 6, when he says, uh, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Another passage says, whatsoever a man thinketh in his heart, that's what he is. And so, um, in fact, Tony Robbins um, and, and some of you may not appreciate his uh, demeanor, although he says some really fantastic things. Um, he really said it well when he said, we are defined by the stories we tell ourselves." So let me digress a bit from the quotes. <laughs> but I think our, our, our thoughts absolutely shape us. They shape who we become. They shape the way that we experience life. They shape... Um, the way that we believe in our ability to create, they shape our ability to connect dynamically and intimately with God or with angels. They shape our ability to do magic, um, to interact with the universe that surrounds us. And that's a, that's a little bit deeper subject, and we'll touch on that in a week or so. But the story that we're telling ourselves mentally, the thoughts that we think mentally, those are really the seeds that manifest in our existence, in our life. One of the really powerful things you can do is to take some time to recognize the story that you're telling yourself. Now, um, let's think about that just for a moment. You know, I don't know how many of you are engaged in the act of meditation, but meditation is a really powerful tool, I think, that we can use to dive in and discover. You know, the Apostle Paul said we need to examine ourselves to see if we're in the faith. Now, some would, would translate that as we need to examine ourselves, you know, to see if we're saved. But I think that Paul was speaking deeper than that. I think what he was saying is we need to examine ourselves to see if we're being transformed, to see if we're being renewed, or if we're stuck in old thought processes. And so I think the quickest way to examine yourself is to do an exploration of yourself. And the best way to do this, really, is through prayer and meditation. I want to talk just a moment about prayer and meditation, because I think it's, I think it's really important. So I believe that the Trinity is a pattern for all of existence, right? Physical, metaphysical, spirit. And so when you look at the Trinity, and we can take um, the Godhead as an example, you have Jesus, who is the physical incarnation of God. You have the Holy Spirit, who is the metaphysical incarnation of God. Um, right? He's dealing with humanity and and spirit. He's kind of the in-between. And then you have God who is entirely spirit. And so I think that, that that pattern is a pattern that we see played out over and over in our lives. For instance, in um, we'll, we'll take the universe as an example. You have the physical, right? Earth, water, fire, 
you know, air, um, all these things are physical, right? Then you have the metaphysical, which is, and I think there's a delineation between metaphysical and spirit. So metaphysical would be inspiration, intuition, psychic abilities, um, magic, um, you know, all those kinds of mental um, unseen forces that are inherent to the physical existence. And then you have spiritual, which is God, obviously, who created the, you know, the entire universe, created the trees, the mountains, the oceans, all those kinds of things. And so we see a trinity in the Godhead. We see a trinity in the world. And then, of course, within ourselves, we have the physical, which is our physical body. We have the metaphysical, which I believe is the soul, the thought processes, the intuition, the psychic abilities, the the uh, ability to do magic, the ability to sense, you know, things before they happen. And that's all metaphysical inherent abilities that are part of uh, the inner man. And then, of course, you have the spirit part of us, which lives forever. It goes on and on and on. And so I think that the Trinity, you see it playing out over and over and over. And maybe those examples weren't as clear as I would have liked them to be, but we'll deal with that in another, another podcast. So whenever you go into the meditation process, by the way, I do this in all of my, um, I guess my, um, I, I hate to call them, um, spell workings, but, um, I guess manifestation moments. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. So I use this as a pattern during my meditation process. So every morning, here's what I do. I, I come to a place where it's completely quiet. There's nothing going on, no one around, where I know I'm going to have some real solitude. And I come to that place of solitude. And, you know, maybe there's candles burning or... um there may be music playing, and usually it's very soft, um, unobtrusive style of music, right? Um, meditation style music. And I will sit in what they call asana, which is a, a, um, a meditation posture. And I'll begin with what are the physical things that I'm sensing? You know, do I feel warm? Do I feel cold? And I'll really begin to take notice of my physical being. What am I feeling? What am I sensing? You know, do I feel comfortable, uncomfortable? Um, what are the things that I that my body is telling me in this moment that I would have missed otherwise? And that just lasts a couple of minutes. And then I moved into the metaphysical portion of who I am. What am I feeling inwardly? What is the deep intuition? And, you know, each one of these processes can last as long or as little as it needs to be. And as you develop your meditation practice, you'll notice that this takes on a little bit of a life of its own. So don't get too hung up if, if on one day you're really focused on the physical things that you feel and what it is that your body's trying to tell you. And then maybe on another day, it's purely metaphysical. You know, your your meditation practice is leave, leading you to um, things that are very metaphysical, whether you're dealing with chakras or whether you're dealing... Uh, with intuitive ideas or you're diving deep into your own psyche to discover, you know, why you feel some of the things you feel. You know, one of the interesting things that um, Siddhartha Gautama, once again, Buddha said, was when you're extremely upset over something, um, don't analyze the thing that upset you, but instead analyze why is it that you're so upset? Because he would say that there's something within you that has a um, unhealthy attachment to a specific idea. And, and that can translate into relationships, that can translate into work, that can translate into physical appearance. You know, there's all kinds of ways that that can translate. So in other words, you may, if you have an example or, or to give you an example, maybe something happens at work. Um, somebody takes credit for 
a task that you fulfilled and you fulfilled well, and you're just so upset over the situation. So what this meditation would do would it wouldn't be to explore what the other individual did in the circumstance. It wouldn't even be exploring the circumstance, but instead it would be, why is there something in me that is so attached to getting credit for this? Um, so it's a real exploration of self of self. And so, and then the other par- uh, process of my meditation, the third portion of the Trinity is spirit. God, what do you have to say? What is it you want me to know? How do you want to speak to me? Um, are there angels in this place that that want to communicate with me? It's, it's making yourself available to the divine. And so in my meditation process, I do those three steps. Physical, metaphysical, spirit. So physical, what is my body telling me? Metaphysical, what is my soul and my mind uh, telling me what are the the awakenings that need to happen within that dimension, and thirdly, f- uh, uh, spirit, which is what is it that God is trying to tell me? Um, what is it that the angels are trying to communicate? What is it that I need to pray for? Those kinds of uh, of those those kinds of interactions, and I think that that's a really powerful process um, for your meditation practice. So. If I didn't explain that well, jump on Instagram and um, just say, hey, man, I don't understand what you're talking about. But so I call that my Trinity meditation, and it just involves those three processes where I take time out of my busy physical experience. And I'm sure you guys are just like me, right? Um, You have uh, family obligations, you have work obligations, then you have your own desire to spend a little bit of time enjoying life, you know, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that where, you know, maybe that's a glass of wine or maybe that's fishing or maybe that's being in the pool or maybe it's hanging out with friends or whatever. Um, we all need that downtime. Well, I don't even want to call it downtime. We, we all need that recreational time. You know, just to enjoy life, and life should be enjoyable. Um, so nonetheless, I mean, I, I think that there are times that we're just super busy, but if you can carve out a little bit of time to let your body speak to you, to let your soul speak to you, to let God speak to you, um, I think you'll find yourself incredibly inspired I think you'll find yourself um, with a great deal of knowledge that that comes about by just gnosis. You know, it's it's sudden knowledge, and um, yeah, I'd really like to encourage you to do that. Imagine taking all the thoughts that you have throughout your day and bringing them into harmony with Christ, bringing them into harmony with the Trinity, physical, metaphysical, spiritual, um, love, compassion, mercy, grace, power, strength, angelic forces, the Holy Spirit, Father God. Imagine for a moment that the story of your life, your thoughts, um, is guided by the ideas of Christ. Uh, by God, by the Holy Spirit, by the the deep resonance within your own metaphysical being. Um, yeah, imagine that you follow the leading of the Spirit, that you dance in the freedom of it, world in the magic and the energy of the moon. Um, and, you know, really, really felt. Uh, for instance, and I'm trying to think, I think it was the book Going Home, Jesus and Buddha uh, as Brothers by um, Han, who said, if you are aware of the fresh air and that it's there, then you can deeply touch it and enjoy it. And by enjoying the fresh air, you have a chance to touch the ground of it. 
And earlier in the, in the chapter, he talks about the ground of it being the divine, being God himself. It's a really great book. And so I think that for so many of us, we never really feel the air. And I'm not talking about just the blowing of it, but, but the essence of it. What is it that's in the wind? Uh, is it a still, small voice? Is it the inspiration of God? Is it the unfolding of your own soul? I think that so, uh, you know, so, so what Han is saying is, if you become aware of the air around you, the breeze blowing at you and on you and through you, If you can touch that deeply and I mean just really feel it and enjoy it, then you can touch the ground of it or the creator of it. You know what I mean? God, I I feel you here in the air because it's an it's an animation. It emanates from your creative processes. Can you feel the air? And I don't just mean the surface of it, but the depth of its own being, right? Um, and this is going to sound a little strange, but can you feel the soul, the magic, the essence of the divine in the air as it, as it whirls around you or, or the water as it washes over you? Um, Romans 12 says don't be conformed to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and I, and I think that so for so many of us and myself included we become so narrow in our ideas about what is spiritual and, and, and what is real that we begin to miss what is reality around us you know the essence of air the essence of water um the Holy Spirit really filling a room, you know, really filling your meditation space. Even the, 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 our own energy that kind of emanates from within. I think that for so many of us, we're so physical in our existence that we never really feel the essence of life in any given thing. We never really understand the importance of our own incarnation. And look, I, I don't think that we're here to make a mark on the world. If we do, we do. If we don't, we don't. What I think we're here for is to experience God in the wind, in the trees, uh, in the water. I think that we're here to evolve humanity in the spiritual evolution of its climb back to God. And we do that in whatever way I think just naturally flows from us. You know, the Bible talks about in us there will be rivi uh, uh, rivers of living water that flow from us. So this is going to be a little weird, but I think that a lot of us have lost sight, sensation, knowing of that flow. For so many of us, we don't do what really comes natural to us, whether it's music or writing, uh, you know, talking to people, whatever is that most natural thing that just flows from you, that is really living water in a lot of ways. That is the gift and the power and the intensity of the Holy Spirit pouring through, uh, for lack of a better word, the spigot that is you. But I think that a lot of us were really <laughs> bound up, right? We're, we're, we're constipated, <laughs> with the things of life you know with with the damn job right or or the discord in a relationship or what it is you thought you'd be and now you're not with midlife crisis with i mean there's so many things that we become really and i think the best word for that is constipated with we, we we're all stopped up with you know i never became the rock star or i never 
saw my name in lights or um, I, I should have a better car by now or a better spouse by now or a better I should live in a different place, you know, and all these things become a constipation, really. And they permit the energy of God really moving through us, the, the the soul of our own selves really moving through us. And we get so caught up and so attached to the things of this world that we never become, we never become physical, we never become metaphysical, and we never become spiritual. Instead, we get trapped, trapped, not even in physical not even in metaphysical or in spirit, we, we, we become trapped in something more mundane. Something that isn't the essence of life. It isn't the essence of God. It isn't the essence of our own soul. It's lies and, and manipulation. You know, one of the things that's most disappointed me in the past few months is the manipulation in the media, in politics, on Facebook, on on Instagram, just so much manipulation that you no longer really know what the truth is. I think on a different scale that plays out in our own lives. We're, We're told so many things about God. We're told so many things about our mind. We're told so many things about magic and witchcraft, and we're told so many things about our own selves, and those delusions begin to develop to them almost their own essence and energy and entity. And in and of themselves, they chain us. How many of us really are alive to essence. How many of us really are alive to the atmosphere around us? How much room do you leave in your... And think about this. How much room do you have in your life? How much room for mythos and mysticism do you have in your life? Last week when I talked to Susan Edwards about angels and the way that they want to interact with all of us, it was a cool conversation. And one of the most intriguing aspects for me of that discussion was the idea that angels really want to communicate with us, but they're, they're kind of waiting for an invitation or an allowance, space to converse And how many of us have given room for that in our own lives? How many of us have given room in our own lives to allow our mind to settle and speak to us? You know, most of us, we really don't know what we think about any given subject because any given subject is completely, I think, controlled by the emotions that surround us. How much room do you allow in your life for the unknown, for the mysterious, for the ethereal, for the divine, for the metaphysical? So many of us, we constantly want proof that God or angels or magic exists without ever giving those things room, space, opportunity to present themselves in our lives. Opportunities to manifest in interesting and subtle ways. We're so captivated. Um, We're so captivated by the story that we tell ourselves, by the story that our parents have told us, by the story that the media, and I'm talking about, you know, the news media, um, our friends, our social interactions, We're so enamored with those stories that we never really hear the song of our own soul. We never hear the intuition of our own spirit. We never hear the magic, the universal essence that surrounds us. We never hear the voice of God that's speaking to us or the angel that's whispering in our ear. We never hear any of that because we're so enamored with the story that others are telling us. And I'm not in any way 
saying that you should disconnect from the world, you know, delete all your news apps and, you know, all the, and, and no longer become knowledgeable of the things that are happening around you. I'm not, that's not at all what I'm saying, but I do think there needs to become a space and time in your own life where all the world is shut out. And you allow your body to speak to you. You know, you allow your intuition and your mind and the magic that's in the universe. You, you know, you allow that space and room. And you allow space and room for God to really speak to you, to really talk to you, to really move and inspire you. And you allow the story of your soul, the story of God, the story of magic, the story of your own personification, that begins to become your truth. Um, a, a text that I reference often is the conversation that Jesus has with the disciples when he says, who is it that people say that I am? And, you know, they, they all have these different things. Uh, some say you're Elijah, some say you're this, Right. And then Peter finally pops up, right? And he says, uh, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And, and Jesus responds to this and he says, Peter, you know, uh, you're blessed because flesh and blood. And I translate that as the story outside of you. Of course, flesh and blood, what he really means is people, their traditions, their ideas, their influence. So flesh and blood isn't just human. It's all the things that human is, right? Stories, influence, gossip, um, all these kinds of things. And so he says, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And, and that's called gnosis, right? It's divine knowledge. And most of us don't leave room for that. When the Apostle Paul says, do not be conformed by the patterns, right, the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, that's a really Trinitarian experience. What does the Word of God say physically? Um... How many different thoughts does that provoke within you? What does that look like to you? How do you feel about it? What are the different ways that mentally you can process these words? Um, the Jewish faith has a word for this. And I can't believe I can't remember it. But basically, <laughs> they do have a word for this, you guys. Um, I can't remember the word for it right now. But... Uh, Midrash, Midrash. So, so, so the Jewish people have a word for this. It's called Midrash. And it's where you liter, literally read the text and you think about all the different things that text could be saying without judgment, without hesitation, from the silliest to the most, you know, to absurdity, to, to really deep thinking. And you just really think through that process. Um. So that'd be metaphysical, right? To spirit, what is it that God is saying to me about my own life? What is it that God is saying to me about this passage? What what gnosis is God trying to deliver? So I don't remember exactly how, how I got on that, but um, when we begin to discover the story that is alive within our own soul, the story that is alive straight from the throne of God. And that begins to become the foundation of our existence. Um, I think it was Dwayne, uh, or, 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 or I'm sorry, I think it was Wayne Dyer who said, um, and I know he, did, he had a book about this, and I think that I've got it here, um, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life, Right. And so basically the idea is when you change the way that you think, when, when you change the story 
your life begins to manifest and unfold commiserate to that change. In other words, it becomes harmonious with that change. There are other books like this or other uh, people that have expressed eyes, uh, ideas like this, The Secret, right? Um, uh, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, uh, Joseph Murphy's book, uh, The Power of the Subconscious Mind. All of these kind of possess that I, that idea. Norman Peale, um, oh, 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 The Power of Positive Thinking. That's another great one. And, um, you know, even uh, the Bible talks about that, you know, the power of your mind and and um, whatever it is that you have faith for is what will unfold. And so I think that when we begin to, to understand that as we change, the story or when we allow the story to change through meditation... What is my body saying? What is my mind saying? What is the what is the universe speaking? What is it saying to me? What is God saying? What are the angels saying? What is the Holy Spirit whispering in my ear? What is the story that they are bringing to me? I think when you begin to do that, you'll begin to see that manifest in your own life. You know, a few weeks ago, a month ago, because I think we all fall into patterns, I realized that I had kind of fallen into this pattern. Because I've really been not pleased with the way our institutions of power have handled um, all the things that have unfolded from the riots to the virus to everything I've been not been happy with those influential leaders and their handling of some of these events not all of them but some of them and I began that began to become the story of my life and I think that a lot of you can probably relate to that there's a tragedy a disappointment, something, it could have been really honestly very traumatic. And I'm not taking away from the trauma of the event. But somehow the trauma, it became more than a moment. It really became the story of your life. And so for me, I was really wrapped up in the story or what I perceived to be the story. And it began to really manifest in my own life. So I think that taking a moment to have a Trinity meditation, to hear the story that our own body is telling us, to hear the story that our own mind and intuition and the magic of the universe is telling us, to hear the story that God and the angels, the divine is telling us, that's the story we really want to tap into. Before I let you go, let me share something real quick. You know, as a child, I had a falling out with my father. And my father made some mistakes. And they were, they were providential. They were profound mistakes. And they were painful. And so it really hurt me as a kid. It made me really, really angry at him. And it made me really dislike him. And so the story that was rolling around in my head was, A, he sucked. <laughs> and the other story was, you know, how tragic um, my experience had been with my own father and, and how terrible that was. And so I remember specifically one day um, in prayer when God said to me, you need to forgive your dad. And I thought, no way, <laughs> no way. And God said, the way he acted and things that he did, those weren't right. But you don't understand the story that he was telling himself. The mental pain and exhaustion in prison 
that he put himself through, but it was still traumatic and he suffered. And I said, okay. There's a powerful moment in the scripture. It might be my favorite. People always ask me, especially when I was pastoring, what's your favorite passage? And for the longest time, you know, I I said I didn't really have one. But I do. And it's a I think it's the most powerful to me, it, it is the most powerful passage in the entire word of God. And it's uttered by it's uttered by Jesus when he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Wow mind-blowing right and so God said that to me literally you know your father didn't understand a lot of mistakes for sure but he didn't know what he was doing couldn't possibly comprehend all the ramifications and so at that moment I changed the story from my dad is a dick to my dad did a lot of things wrong but he didn't understand he didn't know and not only you know it's weird because I I think that I was more set free by that moment than he could have ever been and even if I wasn't there's a lot of profound truth to it There are deep stories rolling around in your mind, in your spirit, you know, in in your inner universe. There's a lot of deep stories there. Some of them are really stopping you from enjoying life. Some of them are stopping you from communicating with angels and, and, and the Holy Spirit, God. Some of them are limiting you from doing what it is that you're truly great at. You know, whether, I mean, there are people that don't, they never develop the, the fortitude to paint or to write or to sing or to pick up a, and learn a new instrument until they're later in life. And, and they realize, well, I had a real talent for this. I'm really good at this. Um, Sometimes the stories that we have in our own minds, they, they prevent us from branching out and becoming the creative essence in this world that we were intended to be. So that's it, man. Here's what I'd really encourage you to do. If you don't have a meditation practice, and I'm sure a lot of you don't, um, First of all, there's a really cool app for Apple and and I'm sure for Android called Insight Timer. Grab that. It's super great. It's really cool. Grab that and um, begin a meditation process. Perhaps I think 20 minutes is a really good time, but if you can't do that, maybe try 15. And don't worry if in the beginning your mind just wanders, you know, like, is there milk in the fridge or (laughs) those kinds of things. Sometimes in the beginning it'll do that because the mind doesn't like to be still. But what I would really suggest is the Trinitarian meditation, okay? So if you could sit down, so if it's 20 minutes, man, you know, do 6 minutes and, and 33 seconds essentially, uh, I don't think I don't know the app allows you to do that, but you could do six minutes a piece, right? Six minutes of just listening to your body. What is my body saying? How is it feeling? Do I have aches and pains? Is there anything that I need to be kind of aware of? Do I have a lot of tension? Those kinds of things. Spend another six minutes. What's rolling around in my mind? What is my body intuitively trying to tell me? Um, you know, those kinds of things, right? Uh, it, if you're not familiar with the chakras yet, I have a, a podcast on the chakras. I can't tell you what episode it is, but there's a ton of stuff online as well. And you can do that within a six-minute time span. But anyway, spend time communicating, connecting to the metaphysical portion of who you are and who the world or, or the world that you live in, right? 
you probably hear the thunder in the background. Don't sweat it, man. That's all it is, and uh, it's all good, right? Uh, apologize for that. Um, and then the third process of the Trinitarian meditation is spending that next six and a half minutes. Again, um, do do this for as long as you want, and each each portion of this trifecta doesn't have to be six minutes entirely. You know, feel that out for your own self, but. The final aspect of that is, you know, are there angels in the room? Is there something that God is really trying to tell me? Did I read a Bible verse somewhere along the way that's really becoming to life at this moment? And connect with the triune being that you are. Um, You give that Trinitarian meditation a chance to do its work. Try it for seven days, man. I think that something you'll notice is even after the first or second day, you'll really feel a sense of freedom. You'll feel an energetic response from your from your body, from from your soul, and from the spirit just for spending that time. Uh, meditation to me sounds like such a boring process, but once I engaged in the process. It's extremely transformative, um, beneficial, and so I'd really, um, I'd really encourage you to do that. Okay, all right, guys. So look, uh, I am uh, gonna let you guys go, man. Thanks for hanging out here in the underground on the Black Sheep Experience. I deeply love and appreciate you guys. Journey on, explore your soul. Explore God, explore magic, and a great podcast coming up next week. Tune in for that, and um, I'll catch you then. Blessings done. (laughs) 